Hi, I'm Casey Mraz, and you're listening to the Lawyer Mastermind Podcast, where we help attorneys grow their law firms by interviewing experts who can fast track their success. Hey everyone, I'm Casey Mraz with the Legal Marketing Mastermind Podcast, where we dive into the weeds of practicing attorneys and subject matter experts to find out what's driving business to successful law firms. And today I'm thankful to be joined by Adam Flager. Uh, Adam, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And you know, as I understand it, you run a, like a personal injury and municipal uh, law firm. Those are your two primary practice areas. Correct. So personal injury being motor vehicle accidents, slip and falls, dangerous products, things like that. And then municipal law being representing uh, local municipalities in Bucks County. Okay, got it. And then just for uh, purposes of the conversation, are you doing like soft tissue cases or just like serious injury, wrongful death on the personal injury side? Uh, We kind of do it all. Um, I'd like if everything was a you know, on the serious side, but you get cases that are soft tissue, but you get broken bones, you get surgeries, you get wrongful death and and everything in between. Got it. Okay, cool. So it sounds like you handle a little bit of everything. So let's dive into that aspect first. How has, I guess, new client intake been? Have you still been seeing new leads coming in? It's definitely reduced and that is industry-wide. Uh, that's not just our firm. That's that's across the board. Uh, obviously, we don't want people to get in into accidents and be injured, but at the end of the day, that happens. And if that does happen, we want to be the ones that represent them and, and fight for them. So that's definitely down. There's far fewer people on the roads. And if there's less people out and about, there's less people getting into into accidents. And, and we've definitely seen that. It's, it hasn't completely stopped. Obviously, there are still people on the roads, but there has been a, a noticeable decrease. Sure. Yeah. And that's what I've heard and seen as well. And so that's one side of the business. And then, of course, the other side is just running the firm. Was, was your firm totally based in office before this happened? Or did you have any remote employees? No. No employees were completely remote, but everyone was already able to work remotely. Uh, and and it depended on the employee as to how much they would, would use uh, remote access. But we were all set up for that because it's just an inevitable thing that sometimes you do need to work from home. And we wanted everyone to have that capability whether that's, you know, I would use it personally if I had a hearing um, in court or something going on in court. And did it really make sense for me to go back to the office for maybe two hours at the end of the day? Not really, but it did make sense for me to still work. And so on those days, I would take advantage of the fact that I had my setup at my house and I could still, you know, communicate with the office and get my work done, albeit from my house. Got it. Well, it sounds like you're a step ahead of the curve uh, than some of the other people that I've talked to who are traditionally only in office. So did you find that migration hard for everyone? I think because our office and our staff was so used to having those capabilities and, and they were comfortable with that. Again, some people used it more than others, but everyone used it. 
So for us, it seemed like a lot easier because it's not a situation where we're used to working on paper files and suddenly we have to go electronic. We have case management software. We are used to working in a paperless office, even if we're in that physical office. So moving to your home is just a different workspace. Uh, And so everyone was pretty comfortable with using everything. And so that transition was not as rigid as it can be for people that aren't really prepared or not comfortable with technology. Sure, yeah, definitely. And the technology plays a big part of that. And especially on the organizational side, and like you were saying, the ability to really work from anywhere, it doesn't matter where you're at. What software stack, I guess, you're using for case management or just to stay in contact with your team? We use a software called Needles, and our office has used that almost since Needles was invented. Actually, since before it was Needles, it was called Pins. And so everyone is used to that technology because we've been using it for decades. And it's a great uh, system. It's specifically designed for personal injury and workers' compensation firms. So it, it very much meets our needs and is tailored to our needs. And everyone in the office is very, very familiar with using it because that's what we use day in and day out. Um, And then, you know, we have our our IT professionals that help set us up on the cloud and integrate everything. So that way, you know, whether it's email, whether it's case management software, using Dropbox, so that all of that can be seamless and we can do it from our homes, do it from the office, makes no difference. Got it. Yeah, and, and that sounds like a good setup that you have. And so is email your primary communication then between the team and clients? I mean, email and phone, or do you use anything else software-wise uh, as that goes? So we do have an instant messaging uh, capability between, uh, between the office uh, members. It, it is very rarely used normally because normally you would just buzz them on the phone you know, through the intercom or walk to their office and say, hey, here's an issue that I'm having. What do you think I should do? Uh, So I know I've personally used that more and I think everyone is using that more. Uh, As far as communicating about cases, though, we can do that within needles. And that's something that we regularly do because if you have a communication via email or in person, it's not necessarily in the case. Whereas if you send messages or notes within within the file, then everyone who ever looks at that file can see it and make sure that everything is saved in there. We're all on the same page. We all know what we're doing. Um, so I would say for communication between, you know, the, the office, we, we still do, you know, have calls. Um, we have a Zoom meeting uh, usually at least once a week. Um, and just going over as we would, we would normally have, have office meetings. We would normally go over cases or, you know, Hey, what should I do here? What, what should the strategy be? So that still continues. We have the instant messaging. We do have email. It's not that we don't use it at all. It's just, um, it's for limited purposes for communicating with clients. We definitely, you know, for those clients that are great with email, pushing that as much as we can. Uh, Emails can be automatically saved into a case. So again, anyone else that's looking on it, hey, I can see that uh, the paralegal touch base with the client 
on this date about this issue. This is what they discussed. So that's something we already try to push because it is a great way to communicate and it's hard to get people on the phone every now and then. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, you know, we're still calling them as well. I mean, it depends on the client and it depends on what type of information you need to give to them. If it's too heavy for an email, you need to have a phone call. Obviously, we would normally sometimes even have, you know, a client come into the office. That's not happening right now, but we can still call them and still email them. Uh, and still maintain that contact that is so crucial to, uh, to supporting our clients and answering their questions. Got it. That's awesome. So, I mean, organization's a big part of it. And if you weren't used to working remote, you know, sending those emails outside of the case management software or keeping all that separate, you could see how that'd be a hassle. It sounds like that's not really a problem for you guys. Would you say it's close to business as usual then? By and far, yes. Uh, there's certain complications, obviously, of the of the current health crisis. Um, yesterday, though, we had a mediation. Normally, I would have that mediation. It was supposed to be in our office with the attorneys from all the different sides, uh, our clients, everyone there together. But we still had it. It was via Zoom instead of uh, instead of in person. And you know, Zoom has these capabilities that I didn't even know about, where you can have everyone all together in a virtual room, then you can have breakout rooms where it's just yep. the plaintiff, just the defendant, then just the attorneys, just the mediator and the attorneys. Mm -hmm. And so we've, that's going on. We've had depositions uh, and we have a lot more depositions coming up. Once we realized this was going to be a long-term issue and it wasn't going away in a couple of weeks and it was yeah. going to be two, three months at least, we said, okay, well, we can't just sit on our cases. We can't just let them collect dust. We need to push ahead. And so we very much uh, were trying to be proactive about that. So scheduling the depositions, hey, they have to take place. We're not just going to, we're not just going to go to sleep for a couple months. Our clients deserve better and we need uh -huh. to give them better. So we're doing everything we can do uh, one of the biggest challenges I would say is getting our clients treatment. Uh, so there are a number of providers that provide telehealth and we've compiled the list uh, because I might know of a certain doctor, but a certain other attorney or paralegal may not. And so we've compiled the list of here's all the doctors we know that are seeing people in person. Here's all the ones that are doing telehealth. And that way, our clients can get better because so much of what we do is is helping our clients on the legal side, but also making sure they're getting to their appointments, making sure that they're getting better because ultimately that's the most important thing is their health. And we see that more than ever with this, with this current health crisis. So that's challenging, but everyone's working together to make sure that we can, we can get our clients the care that they need. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome, you know, that you're able to help people and, and not just sit around and, you know, kind of wait for this to happen. Are, there, are the courts open in your area? The courts are not open and the earliest they will open is June. Every couple weeks or so, they will issue a new order extending the emergency declaration another couple weeks or another month. So I think currently in Pennsylvania, it's until at least June 1st. Having said that, it could very well continue 
beyond that. And that's why when we knew this wasn't going away anytime soon, we said, you know, these cases need to, to go forward. Some things we can do, other things we can. Obviously, if an arbitration was scheduled, a trial date was scheduled, a settlement conference with the court was scheduled, that can't happen. But depositions can happen, mediations can happen, uh, discovery can happen. And by discovery, I mean, you know, exchanging documents, having depositions, interrogatories, all of those things that we can do, we are doing because they need to happen. We can't, and the courts want that to happen. The courts have said, this isn't uh, a ticket for you to just sit on your cases. We still expect you to engage in discovery and to push your cases as much as you can uh, while the courts are closed. Got it. Well, I mean, that's good that you're able to uh, get some things done. And it seems like other, it depends on where you are, different jurisdictions have adapted differently. Um, and we've seen, you know, some taking on Zoom. What are the biggest challenges that you think you're, you faced having to go, I mean, already having some experience with the remote working, what biggest? What are the biggest challenges that you're facing or have? As far as working remotely? Yeah, as far as working remotely goes, just making that transition a little bit more or just with the current situation too, maybe you were already working remotely, but something else was affecting you, like the courts closing, you know, you already mentioned. Yeah, I, I one of the things that comes to mind is, um, Obviously, with not having the courts, certain things cannot happen. Um, you know, the, if, if we have motions pending, things like that, they're just sitting. Um, and, and I think the courts will hopefully start getting things moving along as they realize this is going to last as long as it's going to last. Sometimes just that instantaneous contact you can have between members of our team while we're in the office. You know, if, if uh, for instance, my, my father handles a lot of the uh, pre-litigation cases and, and a lot of the settlement of the cases. And while he's on the phone with an adjuster, he might want to talk to the handling paralegal to say, hey, where's this document that they're asking about? Or did we send this to them? And what are they talking about this or that? And they he can buzz them right then, right? And he can say, get me this information right away. He can still do that. We can still do that, but it's not instantaneous as it once was. Um, sure. The, the other thing is we, we all in the office have double wide monitors. I happen to have double wide monitor, two double wide monitors in my home office because I wanted to be able to be efficient long before this. Um, so changing to a single laptop from two double wide monitors you just don't have the same capability. You still have the same capabilities, but you don't have the same ease of use. Sure. Uh, you can still do everything. It might take you a little bit longer, but you can do it. And, um, you know, one of the things when I set up my home office was I wanted to have everything the same. Um, but we all have our scanners. We all have printers. We can all, you know, do everything we can do. Um, just as we were in the office, that those those things are more convenience than they are anything else. It's not that we can't do it. It's just that we can't do it as blazing fast, but it's still pretty fast. Yeah, got it. Okay. So it's good that you have that set up. What about your work hours too? Does those remain the same? 
Yeah, by and large, it's the same. Um, but if anything comes up, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, people are people have their kids home and all of the things that we don't have to worry about necessarily in the office, you have that added to the mix. So, you know, there's times that I might not have as much time during the day, but then I'm just going to work at night. You know, I have a, a two-year-old son, so if I need to put a couple hours in after he goes to bed, then that's what I have to do, and it's, uh-huh. and it's fine. Uh, you know, I, I find actually you always have distractions. You have distractions at home and you have distractions in the office. That's just inevitable. But if I can have those moments where I can really not have too many distractions and I can hyper-focus, in some ways I can be more efficient at home than I can in the office because I don't have, you know, 10, 12 coworkers that I'm also dealing with. I don't have as many calls coming in and I can hyper-focus and get a lot of work done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can relate to that. And I have, I feel like I have to do that. I have a two-year-old son and a two-month-old daughter. So, uh, you know, it's kind of snippets sometimes of working, but um, if you can get your focus in, you can get a lot done. And Correct. yeah, that's definitely one of the things I enjoy about working remotely. So I guess just is before we uh, close up here, what advice would you give to other firms that might be struggling with this transition, uh, maybe weren't quite as prepared for you and, and what they should kind of focus on and can do in this time? Sure. Uh, we've always been at the forefront of available technology. And so, you know, I remember long before I was an attorney, my father going to training seminars to learn how to use the software that we still use, you know, albeit a slightly newer version. Okay. I think there's always a, some hesitation among certain people of technology in general. And you don't have to be good at technology to be good at your case management and software, whatever software you need at work, right? There's a lot of people in my office that if I asked them to do other computer tasks, they would say, I have no idea what you're asking me, mm-hmm. but they know how to use our system. And so I, I would say, don't be afraid. Uh, do it because you, at the end of the day, it makes you more efficient. And we are incredibly efficient because we use it. And we, we don't just have it, we know how to use it. That's the other thing. Don't just buy the software and try to figure it out yourself. If it costs a little bit more money, do it because ultimately you're wasting all this money that you're going to spend on it if you don't know how to use it properly, if you're not properly trained. And make sure everyone in your office is set up, up trained, and is using it. Because a lot of firms may say, well, we're just going to get that for the lawyers. We're only going to do that for the lawyers. We're not going to do it for the paralegals. We're not going to do it for the secretaries. And those firms have, by and large, laid off their support staff right now. Well, how are you getting as much done if half your office or more than half your office isn't working? So invest in that technology. It's not an expense as much as it is a key to make your your firm better, more productive, more efficient, and make sure everyone can do it. So that way, you know, our paralegals are still in contact with our clients. They're still putting demand packages together. My paralegal, who's I'm in the litigation department, she's still preparing 
lawsuits that we have to get filed or, or helping me with discovery, everyone can do it. If it's just some people and, and, you, and you kind of compartmentalize who has access to technology, then everyone suffers as a result. Everyone needs to be on the same page. Everyone has to have the training and the capabilities. And if you do that, you can run a successful um, company and a successful firm. Wow, Adam, that was really good advice. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that, you know, you really hit the nail on the head there talking about doing it right, setting it up, you know, making that investment. It's an investment. It's not an expense. And that's what's really going to help your firm run and grow uh, because you're right. You know, we've seen a lot of firms lay off people or cut salaries or, you know, do multiple of these things or even shut down because they can't even operate. Uh, So putting in that time to make sure everybody knows it and doing it right, you know, ahead of time is going to save a lot of money and time in the long run anyway. So, yeah, no, we, we got a message yesterday from an attorney who didn't, didn't have access to his files. He couldn't get into his office and we're talking to each other saying, how do you, how do you, this is, how do you function like this normally? Yeah. Especially and, and added, add that a pandemic in the mix and it's just no way to go. So, we always had that. We didn't need to always use it the way we're using it now, but we were set up to do it. Whether it's a snowstorm and you're out for a day or two or something else, these things happen. Or you, like I said, I have to go to court. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to waste that time tra- traveling. I just want to get to work. You always have to be ahead of technology so that way you can wield it uh, as, a, as a great tool and almost as a weapon against the other side. It's a force multiplier, really. <laughs> yep, definitely. There's form, firms working in uh, Excel as case management, and that is not the way that you should be doing that. Correct. Well, again, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Um, and yeah, I look forward to talking again in the future after this is all boiled down to see how things are going. Thank you. I appreciate you having me.